Welcome to From the Booth, a podcast where we talk about the film streaming at BYU's International Cinema. This is our first podcast of fall semester 2021. I'm Mark Yamada, co-director of International Cinema, and I'm joined today by our other co-directors, Doug Weatherford and Mahilor Oscarson. Welcome, Doug and Mahilor. Happy to be here, Mark. Same here. Yeah, welcome back. It's going to be a great semester. Today, we'll be looking forward to the fall semester, and after a long, long year of streaming films, we're set to return to live screenings in our home in 250 of the Kimball Tower. Our Wednesday night lecture series will also return along with other events. Mahilor, what does it mean to be back to live screenings and events? It means more of a community, I think, students, faculty, and the extended BYU community gathering together to see these films. They're free. They're open to everybody. They support the College of, of Humanities, of course. And it means that we're going to have live events, in-person events. So look forward to those on our website, more information, time, and who will come to campus to talk to, to our audience. And come to our live lectures. They're back and open to everybody. So that's what it means. It means that our program as well is a little bit more consistent, I would say, than the past two semesters. We are back, like, full-time, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, we've really missed community, haven't we? We're watching films by ourselves. We need to watch them together again. Doug, you came to IC in the middle of the pandemic. What are you looking forward to experiencing with IC? This yeah, well, I've, I've been part of uh, international cinema now for two semesters, and my experience as a co-director has been streaming, right, which has its own pleasure to it. But uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to being able to be a part of the live community communal experience like you're talking about uh, not only in being together but also watching films together yeah right i mean uh, in this day of of amazon prime and netflix and hulu we're perhaps losing a little bit the communal nature of cinema and i'm thrilled that we'll uh, be getting back to those roots where you you watch a film as an audience and i think that that does change how you see perceive and enjoy a movie yeah. Well, because you, you're not only watching the screen, but you're hearing everybody else around you reacting and you're reacting like one heartbeat. Right. And, and that is a fantastic experience as well that I'm looking forward to um, having on campus again. Yeah. Some of my funnest experiences watching I, films have been in, at IC. And so it'll be really great to have those back. All right. Well, this semester, we have another great lineup of films at International Cinema. Some of the themes we'll be looking at include... Ennio Morricone around the world in which we feature films that uh, have soundtracks composed by the, the late great composer. War and Reconciliation, The Gift and Burden of Years, Indigenous Voices of the Americas, The Garden of Childhood, International Horror for Halloween Week, films about filmmaking, fantasy, road movies, and much more. Uh, a lot of stuff here, Mahilor. What are you looking forward to in particular? So, you know, when we have our podcast and we introduce the semester to our audience, I like to look at how is IC doing with gender parity? Who are our filmmakers? And IC has been doing pretty good. We're like, we're really working hard at doing 50-50. Well, this semester, I have to report, it's not that glorious. We are barely at 30% of our films directed by women. So, Parody not achieved, <laughs> but if I don't know if it's redeeming ourselves, we have films that have really strong female characters, and I'd like to highlight two for our audience today. Um, so strong female characters, strong female voices, and the, the first one that I picked is La Llorona, 
This is a 2019 film from, if our IC people might remember, Ishkanul from a few years ago. It was at IC. Jero Bustamante is the Guatemalan film director. And he offers the portrait of Mayan culture and hardships. And this time he has picked a, it's a story that is dear to South America, La Llorona, the, the weeping woman. He's a filmmaker who is socially perceptive. He writes as well his films. And I um, personally really enjoy what he does. This film, La Llorona, was Guatemala's nomination for the Oscars. And it is a film of that quality. It is suspenseful. It is a political tale of a ghost story, the weeping woman, La Llorona. She weeps for her dead children. She gives life and she takes life. She looks for justice. She, in this film, she haunts the Guatemalan general Despot, who was in real life convicted of genocide and crimes against humanity back in 2013. Crimes that took place in the early 80s. So the things that I invite our spectators to look for in this film is look for female spirituality. It is absolutely beautiful. Linked to water and as well like those light curtains and look how that plays. The power that this character Alma has on water. Look at how the cinematography has cool tones like running water. It is absolutely beautiful and it really gives you the impression to be under underwater. So what does the story say about complicity, punishment, justice for crimes from the past, and women's power? So that's that's the first one that I would like to, to emphasize. And then the second one is Covadis Aida. This film from 2021 was the official submission of Bosnia Herzegovina for the Best International Feature Film at the 2021 Academy Awards. So two films that are just really interesting. The story is one of war crimes in 1995. It's a contemporary commentary of failed foreign policies that still take place around the world. It's an intense retelling of how innocent lives are lost to a broken system. We see Aida, our main character, who is a translator for the UN in the town of Zrebenica in Bosnia in 1995. Serbians and Bosnians are at war. And when the Serbian soldiers are approaching the town, leaving inhabitants flying for their lives, the only protection that they can find is the UN camp. So Aida is a woman and she's in a unique situation as a translator because she understands both sides. And she understands a situation that actually she is uniquely a place to understand. And on one end, we have bureaucracy it's a very heavy machine. And then we have policies and the inaction of all those policies. And then we have Aida, a powerful human character. So look for the themes of loyalty and betrayal. And as well, I was very interested in how power shifted during that film. And ask the question, how can war crime still happen? So I wanted to highlight these two films. One more note, if I may, there are lighter films that you may enjoy. So watch the hard films. Don't be afraid of, that, of those stories because they are so important. And then discuss them. You know, grab someone to come and watch those films and then talk about it. And to lighten up the, the semester, kind of, right? Not completely, but kind of. There are wonderful films like Cinema Paradiso, Minari, The Artist, The Mole Agent, 
street gang about Sesame Street, small change about childhood in France, and then Good Morning, if you want to see a slice of life in Japan. Delicatessen and Tel Aviv on Fire and The Legend of the Demon Cat will not fail to entertain. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'd like to mix up some of the more serious stuff with some of the lighter stuff. And Although I'm not sure I would call delicatessen lighter fare. Not, not, <laughs> not necessarily lighter fare, for sure, right? A film that will make you hungry or sick, or, or you're both, maybe, right? <laughs> if you want but, to surprise, watch that movie. That's right. <laughs> it is during the, uh, Halloween week for a reason. Well, and maybe I'm desensitized because now I think it's, it is a fun So No, yeah. I, that's a great one to look forward to. Thank you, Mahilar. Doug, what are you looking forward to? Well, kind of perhaps to follow up on uh, the idea of uh, strong female characters and filmmakers, one of the films that I'm really looking forward to is actually during the Encore Week. So if you're listening to this, make sure that you get out and attend our Encore Week. Uh, In fact, we have uh, a special outdoor screening of a a couple of films, Weathering With You and Emma, which were two of the crowd favorites from last semester. I'm going to recommend actually identifying features. Uh, which we decided not to show outdoors in part because it's a little heavier. (laughs) And uh, it is a a great Mexican film. Uh, It's the uh, directorial debut of Fernanda Valadez from Mexico. And it's a film that deals with a mother's loss who travels north to try and find out what's happened to uh, her son who headed north to the border. And, And I really like this film for a few reasons, in part, uh, because it's such a powerful female perspective on the loss that comes with this migration headed north. But I also like it because it's a Mexican vision and because the characters, most of them don't actually cross the border. So it's more introspective, perhaps, than some films that always try to look to or at the United States as the locus of, uh, of perhaps many of the problems that are associated with migration. This is a very Mexican film. It's an attempt by a Mexican female director to understand perhaps Mexico's culpability in this whole process. It uh, doesn't leave, uh, you know, the United States free of guilt, perhaps. Um, But it, in my perspective, is very much in the tradition of Luis Buñuel's Los Olvidados. For those who have seen that film, uh, Buñuel, of course, was a Spanish director who in 1950 shot a film that was very critical of a Mexican reality that was received uh, with a certain amount of anger by the Mexican populace and has become considered Mexico's most important film, not because it's trying to tell positive and happy stories about Mexico, but because it's willing perhaps to see the ugliness and identifying features does that in a very real sense and a very mythic sense as well. Those of you who watch the film will understand that mythical surreal element to it. Um, but if you're looking for a film that has a really strong female lead and is directed and written by a, a female director and screenwriter, uh, try identifying features. As I look down the schedule, the next week is one that I'm really excited about. Uh, this is a, a theme that I pushed for uh, because I'm a huge Ennio Morricone fan, and we have Ennio Morricone around the world. Uh, Morricone, of course, uh, died only a few months ago and is one of, if not the most, iconic composer associated with cinema. 
And if you don't know his name, you will certainly know many of his scores. And we have put together a week that will highlight three films that uh, look at perhaps his international presence. Uh, The Mission is a classic. It was released 35 years ago. Even though it's in English, it also has Guarani and Spanish and Latin. It's set in South America and has one of the scores that uh, people will recognize. And this is a a very strong movie. Uh, Cinema Paradiso that uh, Marilor mentioned is one of the IC favorites. It's shown a number of times here and is always well-received by our audiences. That one's in uh, Italian. The one I'm going to highlight is Once Upon a Time in the West. I'm a huge Spaghetti Western fan. I wasn't always so. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a Spaghetti Western is, of course, it's um, they are Western films that are directed typically by Italian directors, sometimes shot in Italy, sometimes in Spain. This one was shot in Spain, so it's in English. Much of it is dubbed into English. You'll notice some of the dubbing, uh, but it has a really strong international imprint, so it fits really well in the international cinema. Um, But what I would suggest is that it's a longer film, but the first 15 or so minutes and the last 15 or so minutes will change you as a movie viewer. You'll, you won't look at placement, at mise-en-scene, at stillness, and at soundtrack. Sound. Sound yeah. in the same way. There's very little dialogue at the beginning of the film, at the end of the film. But wow, this is a powerful film. And if you aren't an Ennio Morricone fan, I don't know how you don't become a Morricone fan uh, after watching this film. For look, so look for that one. The next series that I really want to emphasize is also one that uh, I was excited to uh, suggest we do, and that's Indigenous Voices of the Americas. And in, in recent years, I've been very interested in seeing especially in Latin America, that's kind of my area of special uh, specialization, how many filmmakers, whether they be indigenous or non-indigenous, but are really interested in exploring the experience, the indigenous experience. And so this week, which is set precisely during the week that uh, we'll celebrate Columbus Day in Latin America, it'll be Dia de la Raza, uh, and uh, other people might celebrate Indigenous Rights Day, for example. I mean, so it's, it's perhaps a week of some controversy, but really important to make sure that we have an opportunity to give voice to a wide variety of filmmakers, including some new voices that are exploring their own identity through through film. And there were uh, quite a few of uh, films to choose from. Uh, I'm really happy about the ones that we have. We have Kusapan, which is set near Montreal in Canada. And uh, so we have uh, French and some indigenous languages in that film. And again, some a very strong female participation, the story, the director, for example. And we move southward until we uh, get to Mexico. Oh, excuse me. First of all, we get to the Navajo Nation. And we have, I think, a really uh, important documentary from for the BYU audience. It's called Scenes from a Glittering World. The film is mostly in English, but you will hear some Navajo. And some of the filmmakers, producers, directors have a connection to BYU. And uh, so we're hoping to have an event where some of those individuals might be able to speak with us. But that's a great opportunity to see the Navajo Nation in southern Utah on uh, the big screen at international cinema. So I think that's important. One of my favorite, it will probably only show once uh, because it's a Netflix film. 
It's called Lorena Lightfooted Woman. But uh, the director, uh, we're hoping to be able to have present uh, probably through Zoom for a question and answer. It's a short documentary. Juan Carlos Rufo is the director. He's the son of Mexico's great writer, Juan Rufo. He is not indigenous, but with a very non-intrusive camera view, he gives us a look at a Taramuara Indian runner, right? She's uh, Taramuara Indians, Raramuri, they're also known as, are famous in Mexico for being very strong, long distance runners. And this particular young, I think she's 21 years old when the film is uh, shot, runner actually wins ultra marathons running in sandals and a skirt, right? And so it's a beautifully shot film and I think gives a good look at indigenous experiences in northern Mexico. We also have Eternity, which is a film for Peru. It's the first Peruvian film shot entirely in Aymara. It has only two characters, two protagonists in it, but it's a very endearing film and uh, gives us another look at indigenous voices in the Americas. Uh, Although not during this week, we also have Guarani. That's the name of the movie, but it also has a lot of the film shot in Guarani, an indigenous language that's the second official language of Paraguay and La Llorona that Marilor mentioned earlier also has some Mayan language in it as well as Spanish. And I just quickly like to finish with a Central Station. Since Marilor started with uh, female voices, I just like to point out one of my all-time favorite movies. It's uh, shot by a Brazilian director, Walter Sales, but has one of the strongest and most redeeming I'll just use that word, female roles in in cinema. And I really like it. It's called Central Station. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, if you want to see any Brazilian film, this is the one that I would recommend. And Fernanda Montenegro plays the lead. And uh, she received an Oscar nomination for Best Female Actress. Although she didn't win, she was represented back in, I think, 1999. The film came out in 1998. And uh, I just finished with that. We also have that same week with road movies, Nomad Land and Dorothea Lang grab a hunk of lighting, a documentary about the female photographers. So great starts and great end to female voices with indigenous voices along the way. I think you're going to like the films that we have at International Cinema this semester. Just an amazing offering. Great. Well, thanks, Doug. That's a lot to look forward to. I'm really looking forward to this semester because we get to show some films that we haven't been able to show and that we really wanted to show. Minari, that Mahilo mentioned, is a highly acclaimed film about a Korean-American family and their efforts to run a farm in rural Arkansas in the 1980s. And the film looks at some of the challenges facing immigrants and provides really a nuanced way of looking at an American identity. There is No Evil is a really powerful film about uh, the death penalty from Iran. It won the Berlin Film Festival a few years ago. Garden of Childhood is a series I think we've been looking forward to. Uh, Street Gang, How We Get to Sesame Street is a really great documentary that Mahilor mentioned about the innovative educators and entertainers behind the groundbreaking show that we watched uh, when we were younger. Um, I'm excited for Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, yes. Taika Waititi's become somewhat of a kind of a favorite director <laughs> in international cinema lately. And so that'll be a fun one to finally be able to bring. And then also a delightful film that Mahilo also mentioned, Good Morning by Ozu Yasujiro, is about two boys who go on strike because their parents won't buy a TV set. So really great family film. But you also get to see Ozu's style, uh, which is really great to watch. 
And then I'm also excited about our theme on films about filmmaking in early November, in which we look at cinematic works that turn attention to the act of filmmaking itself as a way of maybe commenting on the nature and process of making films. As part of the series, we'll be featuring the work of Japanese director Koreda Hirokazu, who directed Shoplifters, which won the Cannes Film Festival Award in, or the Cannes Film Festival in 2019. We also showed a couple of years ago. This film is not featured in our childhood series, but Koreda is also known, and we'll also be showing his film, The Truth, in which uh, he directs a child actor and is, is really kind of known for being a great director of children. So some really great ones to look forward to. All right. Well, we got a lot to look forward to. Don't miss our kickoff weekend on Friday, September 3rd and Saturday, September 4th. So next weekend, we will have screenings of three popular films from last year. Emma, Weathering With You and Identifying Features, as Doug mentioned. We'll have raffles. We'll be giving away prizes and much more. Events begin at 5 p.m. on Friday in 250 of the Kimball Tower. And then starting at 8.30 p.m. on Saturday night, we'll be hosting an outdoor screening of Weathering With You and Emma on the lawn south of the Kimball Tower. See details about our kickoff weekend at ic.byu.edu. As a reminder, um, as per university regulations, masks will be required for IC screenings and events in 250 of the Kimball Tower. So don't forget that. And finally, if you're a student at BYU, consider minoring in international cinema or taking our international cinema course, ICS 290R. I think there's still some more seats in there available for fall, right, there are Doug? A <laughs> there's a few. So grab them when you can, while you can. You can find more details. Really, ic.byu.edu is a great place to find out all the information you need to know about our program, our classes, everything we have to offer. So check it out. All right. Well, thanks, Doug and Mahilor, for joining us today on From the Booth. Our podcast is produced by the International Cinema Program at BYU and supported by the BYU College of Humanities. We are solely responsible for the opinions and ideas expressed here as they do not represent any official position adopted by the university or its supporting institutions. As always, we thank our producer, actually our new producer this year, Devin Glenn, and our sound engineer, Marina Hegstrom-Pratt. We'd also like to acknowledge the musical talents of Johnny Stallings, who wrote and recorded music for the podcast. Until next time, see you in the Kimball Tower. Thank you.